to episode 42 of WTF Anime, the show that doesn't stand for Raunchy Slobbering Gorilla. I am as ever your host, Joe, and joining me is Travis. Hey Joe, what's up man? Oh, as always, glad to be back in the saddle with you. How are you doing, man? Yeah, it's going good. Like, I watched this weird French thing that we're going to have to talk about because of oh, yeah. Riley Hopkins. You can follow him on Twitter at RevRyBread. Rev like Reverend, Rye like Rye Bread. Um, oh, you did the pause. He's going to be so proud. I hope he's happy with that because I am overall nonplussed at what he got us to watch. Yeah, not not real great. You know, they often talk about how French cinema is, you know, very good. <laughs> this is not what they're talking about when they say that. Not even a little. Yeah, so um, for Riley's recommendation, we went back and forth for a bit. He didn't know what episode to recommend us. So we ended up watching Code Lyoko, episode 95, which according to Google is the last episode, despite all evidence to the contrary. See, this is when I knew we were in trouble when the episode number was a negotiation. <laughs> that's not a good sign. Not even a little. Because that's that's the Jake Mason school of selecting an episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a weird one because, like, I looked it up on um, the good old Wikipedia, Bastion of Knowledge as it is, and it said episode 95 was the finale of Code Lyoko. And then once we were looking for an episode, we discovered that there were multiple episodes after that. And my main thought going into this was, well, the episodes that claim to be the end or the episodes after 95 are just going to be clip shows. <laughs> How would you describe the episode we watched? Oh, I would describe it as a clip show. Huh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know... <laughs> I, because we looked this up, I have this knowledge. There were four seasons of this show. If I had sat through 94 other episodes going on this journey, and they were like, hey, this is the last one, guys. We're going to wrap it up. And this is what they gave me. I would be raging. Like, this is the <laughs> laziest version of tying all the ends together I've ever seen. Including, later on, we'll get to it, time travel fixing the goddamn thing. This is bullshit writing. This is lazy writing, especially so much of the clips that we're going to get have a lot of filler in it, like where mm -hmm. they're just cutting to a hand pulling a lever and things like that. That's just wasting time in frame to buff out the episode. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it, but the central conflict with this being a long established show is is interesting to me. Like, the question they posit, given that I haven't watched any of this, or at least I have no memory of watching any of this, like, it was about the same time that I was watching Toonup. So I'm surprised, like, I recognize the name, but I didn't really pick up on any of the show's beats. But the question they did posit was interesting, even if they didn't tackle it in this episode in an interesting way. Okay, and... What would you say that question was that they posited? So we have this group of youths and they've been battling some kind of artificial intelligence uh, and they've been given powers to fight such an enemy in Code Lyoko. 
but now that the enemy is defeated, there is no other option but to close this code Lyoko, which is a large supercomputer that has given them these superpowers. And they're basically discussing, like, if we destroy this thing that brought us together in the first place, will that mean our friendship ends? And that is a super interesting question, considering the position that these kids are in. Because they're all kind of, you know, there's a nerdy kid, there's a kid who is obviously just an AI put into a human body, and there's a bunch of outcasts from society. And it's basically just saying, like, will we still be friends if the reason that we joined up together ends? Alright, so, I get where you're coming from. (laughs) I I think we're viewing it through two different lenses. Okay. Maybe I'm more the cynic. That these are all shitty che- teens that are like, remember that we're cool in there and we have superpowers? Do we really want to give that up? I mean, sure, the thing that we should definitely have stopped and worked to stop needs to go away, but then we don't get to be rad superheroes anymore. I don't know. I, I looked at it almost as if part of the problem was they were being selfish kids. Like they were struggling with being selfish kids and doing that adult thing. And... If you look at the close, the very closing line, I'm not sure that the people that wrote this episode weren't trying to hint at that <laughs> with what the coach says. Okay, that's that's super interesting. Because I think we have more discussion on this than we thought we realized with this yeah. shitty clip show at the end of a series. Okay. So with those two opinions in mind, do we want to go through the episode? And we can talk about these points as they come up. Well, let's let's go into some of the stuff about the episode. And I want to talk about the art and the, the opening. Like, yeah, we, we need to break down some, some of the anatomy of the episode before we, we talk about philosophy of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we jumped the shark on this final episode Oops. review. <laughs> As we mentioned before, this is a French studio who is heavily inspired by Japanese animation. And that is the basics of where the show comes from. From what we can gather, the basics of the show is outcasts of teen society come together to fight this great AI evil that has a name that I definitely didn't write down. Uh, Zana? That sounds I want to say... It sounds like it had an X in there somewhere. So the the opening of the show, which we haven't talked about, is this kind of fusion of Japanese-inspired French animation of 2D and then 3D. We don't really get anything big. We get like a lot of fight scenes. We see a lot of weapons, and that's kind of... That's it, really. Yeah, Here, here's my big problem with it, is the theme song has audio tune in it, and... Oh... That no, that is that is a sin against my. I hate audio tunes so much. We can fight about how auto tune is used very well in songs and how it is used terribly. So yeah, we basically after the intro get introduced to a number of children who have names and very distinctive looks and foreheads. Those are not foreheads, Joe. Those are five heads. <laughs> Everybody looks like a bobblehead in this uh, this world. That is what the... Except for the adults. The adult wasn't really drawn with a five head. 
Okay, so when I was looking around for the last episode, I caught a quick synopsis. Not like a full synopsis, but I saw the word virus. And like, we start in on the episode where they're all sitting around like eating uh, lunch at school. And the one kid's just like rocking back and forth with this huge head. And I'm like, oh, maybe he has the virus. Because I didn't know it was a computer virus. Maybe it just gives you a huge forehead and you rock around a lot. I don't know what this thing does. <laughs> the joys of reviewing a final episode with zero context. Oh boy, it was a whole thing. So like a mean girl comes up and places like a tracker on one of the characters. I have a bunch of character names written down. I cannot attribute them to actual characters. No, you know what, Joe? Welcome to me diving into the middle of Yuri on Ice. <laughs> Damn it. Now I know how it feels. Uh, so anyways, she says snarky, mean girl things. And nerds are like, whatever. And she leaves and they're like, so, uh, and then wait, uh, another character walks up, which is clearly part of- Yumi. You Is that Yumi? Okay, I feel like Yumi as a character is real into the character of Raven. She's that, that dark, edgy girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that is that is Yumi. And I don't know, I could be completely wrong. Again, this is what I've got on the <laughs> final episode of Four Seasons Worth of Animation. We get the last one. So, yeah, so Yumi is like, so, we gonna do it today? We gonna shut down the supercomputer? Which she says with really nonchalance. I feel like... This is the final episode. There should have been more gravity to how she delivered the line. <laughs> Fair. Like, our expectation is that the entire four seasons preceding this will be building up this moment. The way she delivers the line and the music that is kind of backing it are just like, yep, this is a thing. So, we're going to do it? We're going to mow the lawn today? <laughs> that is That's That is literally the same amount of a that that is what i got from that and what confuses me most is the rest of our cast kind of greet this with like oh yeah yeah let's absolutely do that thing when later they go to shut down this supercomputer they suddenly have apprehension around it i don't it, it's jarring one scene to the next because it kind of goes into them like going from there to go into their secret uh ninja turtles in the sewer supercomputer. Yeah, it, they literally lift a manhole, climb down this tunnel, and like, boom, supercomputer. The difference between the weight that they're feeling there versus the weight in the lunchroom seems like they finally considered it. I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel right. You've been doing this for four seasons. This, this has been a major part of your life, I would assume. As it goes on to show, it has in later in the episode. <laughs> I mean... It doesn't feel right. It, it was played completely wrong in that scene. So we get down to this secret underground base, and they're all talking about how we're going to shut down Code Lyoko. And then there's a vote in which Yumi is the only one who says that they should shut down the computer. Everyone else has reservations about it. Right. And you know what? As they're flashing back, especially Yumi is flashing back, Right now, more than anybody, they're showing cutscenes for her. And this is a thing that bears mention. Um, when they're in the real world, it is standard animation. When they go and they're loaded up into Code Lyoko, it's all CGI. And 
I get the idea behind what they were trying to do, but the CGI just for me, the cutscenes just weren't strong enough. It felt very jarring. And maybe that was the point. Maybe that it was supposed to show that is such a different world, but it kind of, it didn't feel like it flowed together. To me, the 3D animation is basically what I'd expect from that era. I, I can get how it would be jarring, but I think the thing that is most jarring is the implied significance of the events that they show off in 3D rather than the effect itself. And that's what's making this so tough. And I even have a note. If I had gone along on the journey, maybe I would care, but I have a gut feeling that I would that would not be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, Riley, you, sir, gave us the last thing. And like, <laughs> it's a clip show where we're supposed to be remembering going back going, oh, I remember that. No, I don't. And this is, oh man, it just makes so much bullshit. This is, this is a very bullshit episode. I haven't said it for a long time, but this is a pretty bullshit episode. This does not feel solid. I, I hate the thing that we have watched because it's the last one, maybe? Or maybe just because it's bad. I don't know. That's the worst <laughs> part, is I don't know. I wish I could weigh in, but like... I view everything with this sense of optimism that I do, which is picking out the good things of this episode, which is the central conflict of all of these children deciding to shut down Code Lyoko. Oh, Joe, I was hoping this was going to be another Sword Art episode where we both just spent time tearing it apart. (laughs) Okay, so the show itself is pretty fucking bad, but the ideas behind it are interesting, so I can't help but connect to it. Okay, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be the optimist. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm like this sweet, endearing human being that sees the best in everything. On mic. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm a fucking tower offline. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. So... Some stuff happens. There's a scene where they're all at gym, and the mean girl is investigating what the gang who have been involved in Code Lyoko are up to. Uh, There's a scene earlier on, which Travis will make mention of, about how they're going to make a funny joke. Yeah, um, there's a little bit of of, uh, planning and lead-up to this scene, and this is another one where... There should have been more payoff, but there wasn't uh, for this episode. Uh, It's the only time we're really getting a big joke or the setup to a big joke. So Mean Girl is hanging out with her two flunkies. And she's like, thanks to this tracker I placed on this nerd, I'm going to find out what they're finally up to. And and they're like, well, when are we going? Should we go right now? And they're like, no, that'd be too obvious. We'd run into them. I'm going to go during gym, but you guys have to make up an excuse why I'm not there for the gym teacher. And they're like, well, what do you want us to say? And she's like, I don't know, make up whatever. And this is the setup. Like, they even have the music for it going. Like, you're like, oh, these two are idiots. They're going to say something super embarrassing. And she's going to have to reap the the rewards for their idiocy kind of deal. Except there's never a payoff on that. Not really. They definitely say words and react as if this was the payoff to the joke. But from the point they set that up to when it's presented, the tone has shifted entirely. 
Yeah. So he just says, like, oh yeah, aliens abducted her. And they do sprinkle in, like, breadcrumbs of, like, maybe there was an alien invasion or what seemed to be an alien invasion, but was just the actings of some kind of AI program. But since we're watching this just one episode, like... Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You sound like me, Joe. <laughs> you usually How sit back you. on a wealth of knowledge, and you're like... And I'm sitting here going, I had... I had 23 minutes to figure out what the fuck was going on. And you're like, oh yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Do you want to know why it sounds like that? Because I had 23 minutes of animation. Yep. Welcome <laughs> to the club, buddy. <laughs> One of us. One of us. So, most of this episode is kind of talking about why they don't want to shut Code Loco down and a lot of recaps on cool shit that happened, especially uh, focused on one character who seems to be a skateboard boy, who now he has more time to focus on skateboarding, whereas in Code Lyoko, he apparently skateboarded all the time. I, I don't get... It's like, oh, now I can't virtually skateboard. I have to really skateboard. It's much harder here. Is that the, is that the problem? And then the other one is, like, this blonde hair with, like, a purple streak in his hair who is a cunt and was basically <laughs> manipulating women because he, was, he wasn't he was as cool as he was inside the virtual world. Sorry, buddy. I guess you get to be an incel now. <laughs> <laughs> Better start growing that beard. But yeah, there's a lot of, like, flashbacks and bullshit. Should we talk about Alita? Yeah, um, honestly, of... Every character, that's the only one I really have a name written down for because she was the most interesting character in this episode because they gave hints. And here's the, here's the thing that caught my attention is because they give hints, but they don't say. And I'm sure that everybody else that has seen all the way up to the end knows, but this was the mystery for you and I. You yeah. and I are definitely convinced she's an AI girl, that she was never actually oh, yeah. real, that the guy who created Lyoko... Uh, this was the AI that ran Lyoko, and then he gave her physical form because he came, became attached and that was like his daughter. I mean, that was the read and the hints that I kind of got. I think you were you were right on the same page, yes? Yeah, so, so as soon as they gave you the weird backstory of Swirly Glasses Man with Big Beard and said, I am your dad, here is this supercomputer I want you to be housed in immediately, like, I have no idea what the rest of the series is, but I can assume a huge arc of that is this AI in tangible form finding her humanity. I feel like a story like that is interesting enough that I hate to see it worked in as a thread rather than a story. I feel like, actually, um, what is it? Is it Bicentennial Man? The Robin Williams movie? Have you ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. That is that story. Yeah. An AI searching and finding its place in humanity. And if you didn't cry at the end of that, you have no soul. <laughs> that story could encapsulate an entire series, but it has been used as a side thread in some of my favorite media. I get that, and it can be used. It's a device, but I always hate that because now I'm wondering about that person way more 
it makes them way more interesting than probably the rest of the stuff that's going on around and their journey. Or you want a, a spinoff of that series now that it's over if they haven't been murdered. Foo Fighters is a delight for a reason, and that's <laughs> the exact reason. Foo Fighters being the character in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6. Okay, uh, yeah, I didn't know anything other than the band, so there we go. <laughs> as soon as you said that and referred to it as a person, I, I also kind of knew. She's sentient algae. And that's great! I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, you, can't, you can't phase me anymore. You have Jojo'd me too much. I've, I've already got that thick, thick Jojo skin. As much as I'd love to continue talking about Jojo's... And I know you would. I do like 7,000 hours about Jojo's. Basically, we get the reasons why everyone would like to have Code Lyoko stay online. And then they get called into the principal's office because detention? Reasons. And we have the mean girl who's been looking at all of the files and discovering all of the weird stuff that's been going on and affecting the real world. Run in and tell her daddy about everything that's gone on in the previous four seasons. But hold on. Here's a, another thing that I have to bring up, and it's kind of weird to me. Her dad and the guy that created Lyoko look 100% the same. I don't know if they are the same person, or if that was just supposed to be a stylistic choice that's supposed to hint at something more. That's the same glasses-beard combo, which is why it's interesting that the principal has a daughter but also might have created an AI to act as his daughter because his true human daughter was such a shit. I don't know. Again, like you said, I think it's just a mean girl thing. These are the nerds and I got to pick on them. And, oh, they found a thing where they're not cuddling in the, or huddling in the corner, um, just worried that I'm going to interact with them anymore. They started to get confidence and I don't like that. And I think that's probably the reason that she got all suspicious is that these outcasts formed a pack and started to, to gain a, a backbone and confidence and things like that. Again, I don't know. This is all speculation. Uh, it's it's not as interesting a speculation, I think, as as our Big O episode, but because it it it's all it all of this feels like story I've heard before, just different pieces from different stories hacked out and put together. I don't think this is going to be the most ground-shattering story, the the most new thing. I think this French studio said, hey, we like all these influences. Yeah. Let's take all these and write our own thing using all of those. And so it feels like a story you've heard before, and if you like all those stories, you're not going to hate, but it's nothing groundbreaking that we got here. This feels like an homage to The Matrix, immediately, but also things like Battle Angel Alita, Ghost in the Shell, all these kind of like cyberpunk futures, all thrown in a cauldron and then just tossed out. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fair assessment of it. Um, I was sad that you didn't hate it more, although I'm very happy that this is one of these brief shiny moments where you get to sit in my seat for a second. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. I did not enjoy the 23 minutes that we watched. Yes. It did pose an interesting question that I have seen answered before, which is if 
this one thing brought us together, but we have to destroy it for the sake of humanity. Which do we choose? That shit is interesting to me. And had I watched the four seasons previous, I might have defended this more or rallied more on Travis's side on how much of this episode was a shit show. What we got was not very interesting and I didn't much care for it. But there were nuggets in there of stuff that I was very interested in. Okay, fair. So that's, I mean, we can wrap it up. Oh, we need to talk about time travel bullshit. We, we do, we do, because this is one of the things that infuriated me, but it infuriated me because it's such an easy fix for things. So they're all called in front of the principals, and, and the, the principal ends up not believing his daughter. And after that, they're like, all right, everybody ready to go to the past, basically? And... They reset to the beginning of the day, and she doesn't get to plant the tracker. And I was like, what the fuck? Time travel is part of this, too? It was... I don't know. It just felt like a deus ex machina for just wrapping up the episode, because it happened really late. Not only did she not get to plant the tracker, she was friends with all of them. Yeah, I, I don't... It was... It seemed like a bad writing fix is what it really felt like is like we gave these we fucked up early on we gave these kids a time travel power that way if we ever fuck up we can always just go reset which is the worst writing to finish off this episode they do time travel bullshit and the mean girl is their best friend but is shunned away from the table because they don't want to talk to them did they shut down Kojinoko in the end, and is that what reverted everything back to its natural state? Yeah. Then they go back, and they do shut down Lyoko. Now, here is where you and I differ on opinions. This is where we're going to get into the interesting discussion about this, because you said it raised an interesting question. So, the big dumb lunkhead of a gym teacher uh, sees the kids as they're exiting... The, the sewer tunnel, all closed up, and he goes, hey, it's the, the what was it, the Fearsome Five, something, something like that. What are you guys up to? And one of the guys, I again, I can't be bothered with names. <laughs> not, not at this point. Uh, he goes, what, what were you guys up to? And he's like, oh, fantastic adventure, blah, 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 but we gave it all up. And then the gym teacher says, yeah, I let go of the dreams of my youth, too, and then I became a, 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 you know, a teacher and then the kid uh, and an adult and the kids go, you be, you became an adult. And he's like, don't tell anyone. See, those closing lines make me think that that whole debate was about letting go of being a shitty, selfish teen mm -hmm. and becoming a more mature adult. That that is my only closing argument to my skeptics view versus what you pitched forward. Code Lyoko has existed for a while. That gym teacher decided to shut it down, and then it got reactivated. And that's why these kids are in this place at the moment. Code Lyoko is a metaphor for growing up. See, I don't know. Uh, we don't have... A, uh, either one is a viable option, now that we've both pre presented our cases. 
uh, whether it's a one-time or it's just a cycle where the coach was also at one point part of Lyoko. We don't have the context to know, but either one is 100% again viable. So I don't, I don't know, man, and neither do you. And it's cool to wonder about those things. And I like that we took two, two different views where you were like, this is an <laughs> infinite thing that's just uh, a statement on childhood. And I'm like, no, these are shitty teens that decided to stop being shitty teens. I don't know. It, it really could be either way. If this is. Our discussion on this is way more interesting than what we watched. <laughs> so with differing opinions, I think that's kind of it. We covered a lot of stuff. More stuff than I thought you'd ever get to. Oh, definitely. I thought that we were just going to both shit on this and not really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we didn't really talk about it. We talked about the implications of it. I, I guess I, I I guess that means that this episode's drawing to a close. Sure. Is it time for me to do that thing? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next time on WTF Anime. So we're gonna do a thing I've been threatening for pretty much since the inception of this podcast. That was a lot of episodes ago, so I don't even know what's coming down the pipeline now. <laughs> So next episode, we're going to be talking about the H.P. Lovecraft-inspired Nyaruko Crawling with Love, Episode 1. Oh god, I, you know what? For a very brief moment, I played a card game that I think took a lot of inspiration from this, and I'm gonna hate what they do to all of the uh, Elder Gods and the Mythos in this thing. Nah, you'll love it. I feel like that's a lie, Joe. That's really a lie. <laughs> oh, it's every elder god's like the cutest like maid character. It it's it's awful. Fuck you, Joe. Fuck you for what you're about to do to me. You're welcome. Well, with that said, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to dwell. I don't even want to think about it. I'm just not gonna. I'm not even gonna do that. I'm just gonna roll through. So, uh, with that said, Joe, you want to break us down some business? Yeah, let's go into business. So, if you would like to find the show on Twitter, we are at WTF Anime Show. If you would like to email us, uh, you can hit us up at WTFAnimeShow at gmail.com. Use both those avenues to give us recommendations, because I'm always starved to recommendations, because I don't quite know what suffering to inflict upon Travis. And if you'd like to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at the Joe Hadfield. Travis, take it away. Okay. Uh, if you want to hit me on the Twitters, I am at Dice Lobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And remember, I don't run the WTF anime uh, Twitter handle. So if you want us both in on that conversation, you're going to have to tag me in that tweet. Uh, that said... We have other projects, Joe. Aside from this, <gasps> Gas Horror, why don't you say a little thing about that? Absolutely. So, currently running, we have The Lost Library, which you can follow at Lost Library Cast. There is an email, I'm sure, but I can't quite remember it this time. But it is essentially a hub for actual play RPGs. 
Travis and I are both characters in the main story, which is Grayscale. But if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That will help new listeners find whatever the hell we're doing here. Yep. Uh, Yeah, if you enjoyed us, and I don't know why, uh, thank you. But also, uh, spread the gospel. It's a good thing. And with that said, I think we're at a close. So, bye. Bye.